You are listening to the In Context Podcast. Welcome to the In Context Podcast. Uh, my name is Graham Thompson. I'm here with uh, Ian Williamson again. Um, we're continuing to talk about preaching. Hopefully this week, mate, uh, we might be able to actually carry on talking about preaching and not get <laughs> sidetracked into something else. But anyway, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for yourself. Yeah, not too bad. Plodding on. Um, uh, so we want to talk about preaching and uh, we want to get a bit more into the mechanics today. We're thinking about how we do stuff. What does make a good a good sermon or a bad sermon? Um, and, 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 and I guess the big question for, for us in our context is, does, um, does the context or even who's preaching make a, make a difference to what's a good sermon and a bad sermon? Yeah, I think it's funny. So me as a family and probably a lot of the church who, who, who have trained with us will, will sit and say, oh, he's the explanation. He's explaining the passage. Oh, that's a good illustration. It, 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 he's he's uh, helping to illustrate the passage. And while there's an application, here's what I need to do with the passage. So if if people leave church understanding uh, what what God has done for them or requires from us mm. and how we can do it uh, or experience the blessings of God, then that's a good sermon, isn't it? And I think what we'd often see as a good sermon is how is it technically? Where's the explanation, illustration, application? Or how does it make me feel emotionally? Did I feel happy? Did I feel, do I, am I leaving feeling better than I did before I came in? Or was I entertained? Did that, did that sermon go a lot quicker than it normally does? So if like, wow, 30 minutes has gone past, it only seems like 10. <laughs> For some people, that's a good sermon. <laughs> Regardless of, of, of uh, how much more they fell in love with Jesus or not, is irrelevant as long as their time uh, has gone quickly. So, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because a lot of us were very consumerist. We go into church looking for different things, don't we? I know a lot of people who would judge, have said, where's your third point? Oh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> you already had one point. Oh, where's so, your you, point? Yeah. yeah. Where is your point? <laughs> but they're looking technically, aren't they? They're sat there critically. I used to manage a pub. So every time I went in a pub, another pub, I couldn't relax. I didn't enjoy myself because I was sat there criticising. Them optics need dusting. I can't. Yeah. That glass isn't clean. Wow, that beer's flat. I can't believe how they opened that bottle of wine. So I was constantly critiquing the service of other venues where I'm quite similar, not so much now, but when I first started preaching, I was either sat there thinking, wow, I want to be like that, or yeah. oh, that's terrible, you should never have done that. Now I'm starting to like, like just close my eyes and listen to what the preacher's saying and, and, and try and be edified. So I think it's a skill listening to sermons as much as it is preaching. Yeah. And we need to teach our people what is a good sermon and what is the point of a good sermon. It's not a specific style that you prefer. It's more about, you know what I mean? If, if, if I'm ill and, and I've got low iron, I need to eat a steak. Whether I like steak or not, it's irrelevant, but I need one for my health. And I think uh, our personal preferences, Although are helpful, shouldn't be our primary motive for listening to a particular preacher or speaker. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if if a sermon's like explain the text, like you say, if it's explain the text, it's pointed us to Jesus, um, and uh, it's helped us understand what 
we've got to do with with the the, the information there mm. you know in um in our daily lives because i think that's where I, I think some sermon a bad sermon is where it does some of that and it's not it doesn't do it all you know so it might explain the text it might show us jesus but it just kind of you sat there at the end this is brian chapel thing again in it the so, the so what question you kind of sat there going, oh, that's all really nice, but so what? What's that? You know, I think I, I've listened to lots of sermons. I've probably preached lots of sermons over the time where um, uh, basically I've preached a sermon to first century Israel. You know, I, I've said, hey, Jesus is amazing. And people go, oh, yeah, he's amazing, great. But I've told them very little about what it's like to be someone living in West Yorkshire in, in 2021 and what, what this message means for that. Mm. And I think. That's the thing. I think the thing for me, one one crime I'm I'm kind of, and I'm sure I do this loads, that I, I just I find it hard to forgive preachers for is is if if you make um if if you make the biblical text boring, you know I think a boring sermon is, and we all do it because you know. That's you know we're, we're 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 substandard preachers I guess all of us aren't we to to a certain extent but yeah if if somebody's like well I couldn't you know even I couldn't care less what the message of this this text is because you're just boring me rigid um, and I think that dep- that does depend on context mm. I was talking to someone uh, the other day and and we were talking about sermon and they were like oh yeah it's such such really you know memory love jesus and i was like well i want listening by the time we got there because we're bored you know and it's <laughs> it's not someone in our church don't worry we were, we were talking about um but yeah i think i think so that's why you need to speak into people's lives isn't it you need to know what people are thinking and feeling and and what questions they're asking so that you can make it relevant and that you can bring it into into people's lives. So who who would be your go-to preacher then? Who? What in terms of listening online or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it depends what I'm after, really. Um, so, like I say, I would I would put. I mean, I think we talked a little bit about this last time, didn't we? I can't remember, but um, I I think you know I would. Put what the first thing I do uh, is I put in um, uh, I go to Gospel Coalition sermons and just put in the passage I'm preaching. Um, there's probably three or four there. Usually I listen to Thabit Anibwale. He's usually on there, um, and then see who else is on there. Um, I'll see if uh, someone from a similar context ish has preached it. So I'll you know I'll see if someone at Nidris preached it or yourself or whoever, um, and um, and then uh, I might look at see if Sinclair Ferguson's preached it, um, or um, you know HB Charles or, or someone. It's just I just want to look at lots of different people from different contexts. So on a good week where I'm I'm prepping properly, I'm probably listening to five or six different people from different contexts. All preach the same passage um, because it gives me that thing in the round. Um, uh, so yeah, I think I don't think I'd, I'd be like I definitely want to listen to 
this person. So who's Although your most, I do listen to similar guys. So who's your most favourite boring creature? So like with all with all due respect, as in what I mean is somebody, <laughs> somebody who personality wise you would the tone and stuff like that, but they've just they're, they're just gifted in 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 what they're saying. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you know what I mean? They wouldn't they wouldn't attract you personality wise or charismatic wise, but they've just got so much gold to share. Yeah, I mean, there'd be a few. I mean, uh, Dick Lucas is not is not the person you think of, is it? As like Mr. Charismatic, he's just like posh fellow who, who kind of just explains the text, mm-hmm. and he, he is just like because he's usually the stuff I listen to from Dick Lucas. It's from a conference or whatever, so he's just literally working through the text. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's my way of interacting with the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to Christopher Ash sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Sinclair Ferguson's boring, but he's he's not the. Uh, when you mentioned him, that's why I just thought. Yeah, but, I don't think he's boring, but he's not. He's well, not culture, the kind of culturally he is to me. Yeah, I'm not saying he's. I think he's probably really charismatic to academic middle class, yeah. but to me, his his voice just puts <laughs> me off a little bit. The way he says "world." <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he's not he's not the kind of preacher that I am or you are or you know people lots of people are preaching in our context. So I love I love listening to him. Mm. Um, but it's not I, with the best will in the world. I wouldn't invite him to preach in our church. Well, that's my point because for so long I just listened because I'd never heard people like me. I, when I did, I thought right, I'm just listening to people like me, and it was people either from a similar background to mine and then uh, predominantly the main people I'd listen to uh, uh, black pastors and preachers from America so Dr Robert Smith Jr or like you say H.B. Charles the Beatty uh, John O uh, the, 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 there's, there's, there's tons of, yeah. of, of preachers that I love listening to from the States but I've had to force myself do you know like your man mates you Curly Kale and that as a kid yeah. Good never met me. That's my wife, man. So you do you know what? It's good for you, but it, it's it's hard to swallow. And there's a few preachers like that who now I love listening to. I suppose Sinclair Ferguson being one of them, but Dick Lucas, another guy. Uh, yeah, so people who traditionally I would have a just a natural dislike of because of the just the sound of the voice <laughs> or what they're wearing <laughs> do you know what I mean but we do have natural biases don't we so yeah. but, but I've missed out on so much by judging people how they look or how they speak that I've had to force feed myself some some wonderful sermons that I probably would have done if I was just going on taste with a missed out on and again if we're looking to create a diverse church then we we need to be listening to diverse voices, don't we? So, and do you think do you think it's helpful, like you were, we were saying, one way that we're not, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure like lots of Christians, they 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 come to church and it's like, here's what I want from the sermon, or or it's just they don't even think about it. As we're seeking to help and equip our, our folks in our church, do you think do you think it's helpful to to help our churches listen to more diverse voices, so they're not just listening to us? I think it is in a sense, but what we I think what we see more of is churches being bored of the pastor and wishing they were more like some superstar online, which which is sad. 
because somebody online won't love the congregation. Uh, usually they like the sermons better because the sermons aren't contextualised, so if there's any conviction, it won't be aimed at, at this person 2,000 miles away. Or they're listening to a conference where it's like, by definition, vague, and therefore it's not very pointed application or whatever. What, 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 what humbles me and reminds me that I'm rubbish is the sermons that people generally like that I've preached are the ones that I've preached about a thousand times at a conference or when I've visited the church. So I'll have a go-to sermon. Yeah. Uh, Rachel used to say to me, yeah, you're preaching happy feet again this week, which, is, <laughs> <laughs> which was a reference to Romans 10, 14 and 15, which I used to preach about how beautiful are the feet. And uh, so she used to mock me and say, oh, you're doing happy feet again. But, yeah, so, so if you're just doing the same sermon over and over again, it will become polished and you can work on it. But generally, week on, week out, you're slogging your guts out for five or six days and you have one chance of doing it, and that's on the, the, the Sunday, yeah. regardless of what's going on in your life. But what I have found is, and what Nathan's finding now, is my church is more forgiving with me than a visiting preacher because they know I love them. They yeah. know that I'm serving them. and what I need to remind them is like, you know, like kids, parents are blind to how good the kids are at something. Like <laughs> when you see some freak on uh, the X Factor and then they think they're oh, wonderful yeah. singer because the mum said, oh, you're good because you sang really nice in the shower. And that's, yeah. I think our churches have a danger of thinking that we're wonderful preachers when they just think that we're wonderful. And, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, not sure my church do. <laughs> <laughs> But I think as as time goes by, the more your, your relationship with the church grows, if, if you've got a good relationship, it's, you're forgiven more, aren't you, I suppose? And I think that does come through talking it through with the church a bit as well, you know, like, um, because, you know, like I say, not, not everyone at our church loves how I preach all the time, you know, and it's probably, it's probably the same in every church, isn't it? Um, and it's talking through because I think that comes back to like a good or bad sermon or whatever. Does it depend on the preacher? It's not necessarily a good or bad sermon. It's that, you know, we all have different ways of expressing ourselves. We all look at it in different ways. And so I'm going to preach different to you who's going to preach different to somebody else. And da, 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 da. And yeah, we need to find different ways of expressing ourselves. But there is going to be a certain style because you are who you are. You are who the Lord has made you. And, <laughs> Did you... Did you... and go on. <laughs> Sorry. Just, but again, so like our suit and a tie and someone being reserved, for, for me, if someone wears a heart on the sleeve, I trust them yeah. and I see them as being authentic. Whereas other people see me or people like me who wear the hearts on the sleeves as nut jobs. So when I was preaching at 20 Schemes, there was a guy from America thought said, is he all right mentally to mess? <laughs> Thinking He's I was always a very good character. <laughs> well, because I get emotional when I preach at times, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll shed a tear. At times? <laughs> I can shed a tear or ten. So this really put this fella off. This bloke was, yeah. wasn't enamoured by it. He was kind of like, oh, this man's a, a lunatic. So, yeah. Culturally, I think how we are is affects a, a lot of things as well, and, and style, but also who we are. But do you know we are who God made yeah. us to be? We can only be who God made us to be. And ultimately, if people 
a, a shutting down to our preaching, it's not always us that's at fault. It's the hard hearts of the listener. It's because at the end of the day, we 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 are just uh, messengers. And if people are people, if they don't want to hear the message, they will find a million reasons to to blame the messenger when really it's their hard hearts and not wanting to listen to to the word of God. It's funny that balancing it between if somebody says, "Oh, you know, prefer it like this," I say, "Well, you know, you're a listener, and I've got to do I've got to do my best so that you understand." But ultimately, I'm not going to be somewhat, I'm not. And it's finding that balance, isn't it? Mm. Um, let's ask a last question then, because uh, mm. we've waited on for ages again, I think. Um, <laughs> what, what, if you were to say, if somebody were to say to us, right, you want to you wanna reach the north of England, the north of England's desperate, what, what are the big needs for, for the north of England uh, when it comes to preaching? Mm. Apart from, we need more of them. <laughs> yeah. We we need uh, we need people who are going to live in the community and love the community. I think if you live in a community and love the community, and you're honest with that community in your preaching, and that these things show, then that's that's the first barrier, isn't it? So so there for now, does majority of of the preaching in the church. He's middle class, academic, totally different to me. Totally different to the congregation, yet people now love his preaching. He, he's had to earn that. Like I had to earn it. I mean, I, I, like I said earlier on, is your personality and charisma can only get you so far. If you've got some people who are better speakers than others, but like after three or four weeks, if you aren't preaching well, you're going to get found out. I can get away with, if I've had a bad week or emergencies happened or something, I can get away with putting together a sermon quickly and I can wing it. But I couldn't do that weekly. I'd be found out. So I think, uh, yeah, I think if you love the word, if you love the people uh, and you preach faithfully, that's all we can ask for, isn't it? And trust that the Holy Spirit does the rest, doesn't he? Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, we all we all know. I think we've talked about this before. Like, you preach an absolute stinker, mm. and somebody gets saved, yeah. or you know, somebody says, "Wow, never seen it like that before." Thank you. That that's going to transform how I think about this week or whatever. And you've preached it. You're like, "What? I've just preached an absolute killer of a sermon. It's absolutely awful." Um, and so it's, I, I think that is the thing. It's that dependence on the Lord. Mm. Um, it's saturated in prayer and, and everything else, but it's like, you know, a, a realistic view of we can preach as best as we can, but it, it's the Lord that gives the increase. You know, we've just got to sow that seed and do it faithfully. And I think you're right. If we are getting in and getting to know people and we're saying, right, they're going to be asking the questions of this text because I know what they're doing in their life this week, yeah. then people, people, uh, and we're loving them daily. People will listen and people will, will, will hear. So I think we've just got to preach to the people in front of us and the people in our community. Well, it's like what Denier said on uh, our most recent podcast, Denier Pierre, she was saying that we need to be apologists. So we need to know what questions our people are asking to be able to answer them. Uh, the only way we can know what questions they're asking is by living alongside them and and and, and loving them. 
So I think that's our biggest challenge as preachers is, is uh, often we love the words and love the study, but not love the people. And that's our first part of call to, to uh, uh, be with the people because you can only preach to people who want to listen. And if they don't know who you are, you, 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 you haven't got the authority to speak into their lives if they don't know you. Uh, I think another thing as well is I always want to know like there's a there's a Netflix documentary talking about like the leaders of Google and Apple don't allow their kids to have phones <laughs> or be on the internet or Facebook. Yeah, that shows me that it's bad. Uh, and it's the same in preaching. If someone's preaching, I want to know why what he's saying is true. How has it helped you? How has this uh, passage applied to your life, made your life better? So some vulnerability, yeah. I think, is needed from the pastor. He needs to be saying, look, we are in this mess. This is how God has rescued us, not I'm sorted. You lot need to uh, get your act together. Yeah. I think that's that's one thing I would say, actually, is that I think um, that's something that's changed in my preaching in, in the last three, four, five years. It's like, I, I try to preach, especially to Christians, much more corporately. Mm. Um, so ultimately, it's a word to us as the church, not to you as an individual. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, that's helpful because it shows that we are all in this together and um, it, that we need the Lord to change us. Mm. So, yeah, what we need is, is, is guys to come in and help us, don't we? We need guys to move into the north of England. So do get in touch yeah. um, because there's a massive need. So yeah, anything else you uh, you, you want to say on this topic? Not particularly. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Context Podcast. See you soon, Ian. Yeah, cheers, Graham. Catch you later, man.